DJ. Woo. What's up, everybody? Good to see you all this morning. Man, 20 years. Happy birthday, Genesis. Man, I, I look back 20 years ago. That was like a lifetime ago. For some of you, that actually was a lifetime ago, right? You guys, some of you weren't even born 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I, I was 22 years old. Um, and if you were to have met me at 22, uh, believe it or not, I wasn't a pastor. I was not here at Genesis. I wasn't even in Phoenix or Arizona. Uh, but if you came up to me and was like, oh, you know, how, what do you do? And I, I would tell you, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way uh, to being a, a quarterback in the NFL. And you would have, yeah, yeah. And, and you would have thought, grow up, get a job. Like, what? But um, up to that point, I had been playing football since I was 10 years old. And I'd been playing through high school, college, and uh, I even made it to an NFL free agent. Um, yeah, yeah, tryout. And so in front of NFL coaches and scouts. And so I was on my way. I didn't make it, shocker, right? But what I learned during that time was the power of preparation. That preparation was the difference. Because at this level, I mean, everyone can play football. But preparation was the difference between the bad players and the good players. And preparation was the difference between the good players and the great players. And preparation was the difference between the great players and the goats, the greatest of all time. It was all preparation. And in football, like in anything, there's seasons. And so football has the preseason, right? They have the regular season, the postseason, if you're, if you're lucky, and the offseason. And so a big temptation for me was the offseason, I was off. So I would take this time to relax, eat junk food, maybe do a little partying, right, hanging out with my friends, like, I want to do this. Football was my life, but I wanted still my life, right? Like, I didn't want to give my, the whole year to football, but at this level, people, the off-season was the time for the preparation, because the preparation that was put into the off-season was what led into the preseason, and then into the season, and then into the postseason. But me, taking the offseason off, I would come in, and I was ready to go mentally, but my body wasn't, and then I would overcompensate, I would, I would throw too much, I'd be like, I could, I could do the weight I did, you know, four months ago, and it just made me prone to injury, tired, my body couldn't take it, and I ultimately paid the price from that lack of preparation. And now the church has a season for preparation. And that season's called Lent. And we're actually in that season right now. So some of you have uh, maybe never really had an experience with Lent. Some of you have and maybe have trauma from it. I do. I do. I grew up Roman Catholic in an Italian neighborhood in Chicago. Roman Catholic. 
in an Italian neighborhood. This is what this looked like for me. I in high school, I remembered it was Wednesday. That's all I knew, but it was Ash Wednesday. And I'm walking into high school a little late. Right? We'll say 9.05, something like that. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, what in the world? Like, did we have a fire? Like, people have stuff on their foreheads. And, like, I would go to church sometimes, right? And I am getting the dirtiest looks. People are like, I'm like, what? Like, where are your ashes? And I'm like, where are my ashes? I'm like, it is 9.05 in the morning. How did you make it to church to get ashes? Did you go at 7 in the morning? And I would just be shunned. I'd be eating, you know, salami or something. I'd be eating meat on Friday. Oh, oh, yuck. What are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And I didn't get the rule book. Like, what, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And every Lent, my mother, I love my mother to death. If you knew my mother growing up, she had one of two things in her hand at all times. Sometimes both of the things. One was a big gulp from 7-Eleven, and the other was a cigarette. It was a Virginia Slim menthol light. I know, because I had to, back then you can go get cigarettes, right? And so she, every year, she would give up the big gulp for Lent. And, and, I, and every year, I was the baby, i go, Ma, I get it, sacrifice. I'm like, why don't you give up the cigs? And, and I'd get that mom death stare. You know, shut your mouth, boy. You go, mind your own business. And I'm like, All right, okay, okay. But these are my memories of Lent. These are the things, the places I go to when I hear Lent. But the fact of the matter is, this is a very powerful season when we tap into it. And it's actually something that Jesus has gone through himself. So Lent, the kickoff of it is Ash Wednesday. We had that. This is a time of humility, the ashes. From, from dust we came, to dust we will return. We'd be humbled by that to prepare us for this season. It's 40 days until Easter, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, right? One of the greatest days where death has been defeated. Jesus is resurrected. And we have that to look forward to. Amen. And so for you type A's, Yes, it's 46 days, but that's because there's six Sundays, and we don't count the Sundays, because Sundays are holy. Holy means set apart. We don't count it. That's a sermon for another time, but yeah, 46 days. But they come out of the passages of Scripture that record Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness. And so this is actually a crazy story. Jesus, in, in Matthew 3, he's baptized right, by John the Baptist, and he receives the Holy Spirit, and the heavens part, and God speaks. He says, this is my son, who I'm well pleased. And so immediately, Jesus is taken, in Matthew 4, into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Okay, for what? To be tempted by Satan. It's like, thanks, Holy Spirit, right? Like, like, I just received you, and this is where you're taking me? And so let's go through Matthew chapter 4, 
And we're going to see how Jesus handles temptation and what this Lent season is all about. So if you've got your Bibles, you can join us there. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And uh, also you can follow us along in the Uversion app. We've got it up on the screen. You just uh, go to the More tab, uh, click Events, and you can follow us along there. Click Genesis Church. And it's really cool. You, get, you take notes in there in the Bible app. And uh, if, if you're in a group here at Genesis, uh, the group questions are in there. And so uh, just a really cool resource. Use that. Um, before we get into God's word, um, let's open up in prayer. Holy Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this time um, and your preparation of our hearts to receive your truth this morning. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see you, Father, and what you have for us. We thank you so much for this time and this community we have. In your name, amen. Okay, so Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Let's go through this, and I'll break a little down as we go through it. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. All right, I'm going to stop right here. Because when I first read this, I was a teenager when I read this, and so I grew up in the city, but Illinois has a lot of forest preserves. So I hear wilderness, I'm thinking, oh, Jesus is out in the forest, right? There's trees and animals and all kinds of stuff going on. The reality is, is the wilderness is a desolate land, desolate. There's nothing there. It's the desert. So you all can relate right? We're in the desert, okay? There's nothing good in the desert, right? <laughs> when I moved here, I mean, come on. I'm not, not, I've learned to appreciate it, but I mean, there's snakes, scorpions, and cacti, right? It's like everything either burns you or kills you. It's like I got stung by a cacti. So the point is, have that in your minds as we go through this. This is the desert. There is nothing, nothing there. So for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Absorb that. Hangry, right? <laughs> He's hungry. He's weak, man. Not eating. During that time, the devil came. Well, that's convenient. And said to him, if you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Interesting, though. Make note of this first temptation. There's Satan questioning, right? If, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. What's the temptation here? Power, really. Take control. You take control. You're hungry. Feed yourself, Right? There's one, that temptation, prove it. Oh, you're, you're God, right? In flesh, prove it. Do this. It's a challenge. How does Jesus respond? But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. 
For the scriptures say, oh, now Satan's quoting scripture. Um, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt a foot on a stone. But Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. What's the temptation in testing? What's wrong with that, right? Like, aren't I to test things? Yeah, but why do you test things? To see if they're real. It's lack of faith. I only have to test things I don't believe in, right? And when it comes to God, the creator of everything, we're not to test God because that's unbelief. So, the next, the devil took Jesus, him, to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Mm. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. You ever have that? It's a temptation. Whatever it is in your life, you could have it all. Just do this. Okay. <laughs> this is the last straw for Jesus, though. Jesus responded, Get out of here, Satan. Go, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. What happened? Then the devil went away, defeated. He goes, he scrams. And the angels came and took care of Jesus. God's promise. There are his servants coming to take care of him. So why does Jesus do all this? I mean, if we could be real for a minute and kind of look at this whole situation, Jesus is God in flesh. Why does he need to be baptized? Why would God himself need the Holy Spirit? And how can he be tempted? What's going on here? Jesus is showing us the way. He's being the example. He's doing it. And then saying, follow me. Do what I do. So we should really pay attention to what's going on here and what Jesus is revealing to us. So when he says, follow me, it's because of the preparation and not just what he's going through right now because don't forget, Jesus is on a mission. And he's going to have a great temptation to come to do what he had come to do to pay the sin we deserve to be crucified on a cross. And when that time comes, he says, Lord, if there's any possible way, please let this cup pass. Let it pass. Yet not my will but your will be done. See, here's the thing with temptation. It's tempting. And 
can you try to put yourselves in Jesus' shoes? Like, why would Jesus even say that? Well, to be spit on, beaten on, tortured, and murdered by your own children, it's kind of tempting to want to avoid that, okay? I want to define temptation, though, and let you know it is not sin to be tempted. The sin is falling for temptation because temptation's a lie. The sin is believing the lie because then you're not believing truth, okay? So, yes, Jesus is tempted. Did he sin? No. And that's why Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, this high priest, Jesus, of ours understands our weaknesses. This is so good. He knows us. He understands it. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So we can trust him. So why does the Holy Spirit lead Jesus into the wilderness, into the desert, to prepare him? Not just for those temptations, but that temptation to come. And so he can lead by example. So when he says what he says in Luke Chapter 9, verse 23, if any of you wants to follow me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Give up your own way. Never forget what Jesus said at, that, at the hardest moment in his life. Yet not my will, your will be done, God trust and faith. You know, when we, we leave this earth, uh, we, we, don't, we don't have to worry when we're in eternity about giving up our own way because our own way will not be selfish and sinful. Yet here on this earth, it is. So we really have to be intentional of preparing against temptation that our sinful ways, because don't forget, it's tempting for a reason, because it appeals to us. So Lent is this time of intentional preparation for temptation, because temptation doesn't make appointments. So you need to be prepared for its arrival. I'm going to have uh, Jake. Jake, can you come up here for a second? Let's get a little visual to this, right? Because... Here's what happens, is there's Jesus in, in his weakest point, and, and yet, you know, he, he's ready for temptation, but um, we, we, don't have that, we don't have that privilege where, uh, you can come up on stage here, Jake, how are you doing uh, today, having a good day? Okay, temptation, okay? <laughs> temptation, it's not going to make an appointment, all right? And it's usually when you are, you can come back on stage, I won't put you but when we're prepared, Jake, you can come a little closer. I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you. Prepare, temptation's coming, Jake. Temptation's coming, okay? Temptation. Oh, right? Temptation. This guy's good. Temptation. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, buddy. Jake, so, but do you get that? See where you're prepared? You're prepared. He has a firm foundation, and he's ready. There's a difference. There's a difference 
in that. And that's what God wants for us. And this is what Jesus is showing us through this. You know, it's so, it's so important that, uh, let's bring up this uh, little, little graph here, chart. So check that out. That, that probably means nothing to you. I love this. I, I, love, I love me some graphs and charts and all this stuff. So prepared, the word or idea is in Scripture, in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation 159 times. In, in one form or not, the idea of it or the actual word, okay? But I want you to look at that. You have the top, it's Genesis, and then down, the very down, say like Hebrews, and then, uh, um, yeah, and then it's uh, Revelation. But regardless, look at that pattern. I love that pattern, because that just shows how much God loves us. Look at how it's spread out. And it's just so evenly over Scripture. Constant, constant reminders. Prepare, 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 prepare. This is what God wants us to know. So let's really think why. We're going to go through that. You see, Lent is this intentional season for preparation to have victory over temptation. Everything has this season we talked about, and Lent is this season for us to be intentional and prepare. You know, I, we just had the Super Bowl, right? And I always have like someone I'm like watching the Super Bowl with, or so, and like it, it's really this mentality, which I think we have more often than we, we let on to or admit. But kind of like, oh yeah, whoever, you know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, whatever. Like they just walked off the bus and they won the Super Bowl. Well, the reality is, no, they were more prepared than the other team. And the two teams that were in the Super Bowl got there because of their preparedness for the regular season that gave them the most wins because they were prepared in the preseason because they were preparing, unlike me, in the offseason, okay? This is the power of preparation. Because Lent or no Lent, temptation is coming. So we need this offseason in our lives that we call Lent to be prepared because the prepared will have victory and the unprepared will not. You prepare because you know the test is coming and when it does, there's no time to prepare. In that moment, you are either prepared or you're not. The best athletes in the world are the best prepared. The best scholars in the world are the best prepared. The best of anyone in the world is the best prepared. Jesus is prepared with the Holy Spirit. So let's take note of this. He's showing us the how of preparation. It's not for him. It's for us. It's for me. He receives the Holy Spirit that leads him and reveals this to him. He's revealing temptation to Jesus. And how does Jesus defeat it? With Scripture, with God's truth, with God's promises. Temptation is a lie. How do you defeat a lie? With truth. What is the truest of truths? Well, ones that come from the source himself, from God. 
This is what Jesus is doing. And he calls us into this, transforming us into temptation squashers, breaking the sinful patterns in our lives of falling for temptations. These, these things that are holding us back from all that God has for us. And when we look to God for his, and see how much he loves us and prepares us for this and his promises and his truths, when being temptate, tempted, temptation becomes a little less tempting. Because when you experience God and his truth and the truth of his purpose for you, anything else pales, pales in comparison. It's an amazing thing. Um, you know, there, there's a saying uh, in, in football that victory is the ultimate deodorant. And it's true. It, it's true. It's a beautiful thing. Um, when you're winning, all the little mess-ups in the game and this and that, well, whatever. Oh, you dropped a pass. Dude, forget about it. Get over here. Give me a kiss. Like, we won, right? Victory, victory is something special, okay? Defeat is the opposite. When you lose a game, oh, that locker room, it's a brood of vipers, right? Just eating each other, biting each other's heads off. I can't believe you dropped that pass, dude. Like, I've gotten in fights in the locker room. Like, it is not a place you want to be in when you got a bunch of defeated people. God knows this. He wants this for us. He's calling us into this, this victory, this victory. This is why he says, follow me. Do what I do. You can't do it on your So let me show you and let me provide for you through the Holy Spirit. So why does the Holy Spirit lead Jesus into the desert? I want to talk about the desert for a little bit. Because we talked about how this is, in fact, a desolate land, right? There's nothing there. So, so what's the importance? What, what do we find in that? It's ultimately what, what we do in Lent, right? Lent, Lent is like you, 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 you're, you're taking something out, right? You're, you're removed from something and you're removing something in your life. And so the desert has no food, no shelter, no distractions. There's nothing. What good is in nothing? Well, the good is, is you can't remove God. So if you have everything removed around you, guess what's easier to see? God. Guess what also is easier to see? Well, temptations. Because see, when I'm in something, it's kind of hard to see it. Like you're, you're in this building. Can you see it? No, you did walk it in, right? When you're outside of something, oh, take a step back. Oh, 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 I, is that what I was doing? Oh, I get it. See, that removal is essential. That desert of removing things is making space to see truth and temptation for it really is. This is the preparedness going on in the desert. There's also something else with the desert is there's a, 
parallel story in the Old Testament. Remember that one? It's in Exodus. God frees his people, Israel, and he then prepares a place for them, the promised land, Canaan. He's like, take the journey over. It was about a 40-day journey. But we call it the desert wanderings because they just went in circles. For 40 years, they went in circles. I want you to really get this contrast. Israel never let go of themselves. They never let go of their own pride and way. They had fear take control of them. Well, we, we, we can't, the Canaanites, I, I heard, I heard, they're huge, man. How are we going to have victory over these beasts? God's like, trust me, your victory's already won. You just find your shelter in me. I don't know, God, I don't know. There's that temptation, lack of faith. They were not prepared, so they never experienced what God prepared for them, the promised land where Jesus shows us the way. He goes, yep, remember Israel, you can't do it. I can't do it. That's why God does it for us. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be part of this with him, rejoice in victory in the locker room with him. So he gives us the way. He goes, guys, just trust in me, man. You got this. I know the li- I've been there before. I know the lies are deep, man. I need this thing in my life. How am I going to cut this out? That's exactly what Lent is for. Taste it. Taste that experience of cutting something out. Cut out that thing that you think, no, this has got deep, deep roots in me, man. I don't know. Take the Holy Spirit out for a test drive, Right? Experience it, because God is something, has something way, way better for you. The desert reveals the truth because we are stripped away from our shelters, from our ego, from I know better. At least I'm not as bad as that guy. It strips it all away to see the truth. Whatever that truth is, it'll be revealed. Through the Holy Spirit, we can see temptations for what they really are, lies, and to be prepared to say, no, thank you. Nope. That's not true. Because God says, this is truth. I'm going to take his word for it over yours. Lent prepares you so you can be victorious over sin and temptations so you can carry this on for the rest of the season, for the rest of the year. And you can say, wait, no, that's right. I can do it. I, I, I can. And to prepare you to find your shelter in the firmest foundation there is, God. Psalm 46, verse verses 1 through 3 in the message. I I like the message version here. And um, it says, God is a safe place to hide. I love that, because in the desert, right, 
There's no place to hide, but we hide in stuff. God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need him. We stand fearless at the cliff's edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains. Jacob wrestling God fights for us. Oh, I love that. We could wrestle with God. He'll allow it. We could wrestle with him in the desert, and he'll show us. He'll show us the truth. God of angel armies protects us. When you are prepared in the desert and ask God questions, the answers are so much clearer. I want to, um, I want to take you through this a little bit, though. I don't want to be like, prepare, prepare, prepare. Oh, that's great. And you walk out of here. What does that look like? I'm going to put some shoe leather on it a little bit, like lived out. Um, because here's this thing, uh, I, I work on Sundays, right? You know, and so I had to be intentional with my Sabbath and stuff like that. And so Lent, Lent seasons kind of can pass me by. But, you know, pastors have this thing um, that's a season of Lent, basically. And it's called a sabbatical. And I took a sabbatical last year, and I'm telling you, I needed it. I needed that preparation. Honestly, if I didn't have it, I probably wouldn't be here right now. But during this time, there was a lot revealed to me. A lot. And it wasn't so much about everybody else. It was about me. As I intentionally took this time to be with God and, 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 and to be vulnerable, because that's what the desert's going to do. It's going to make you vulnerable because there's nothing else. There's nothing to hide into. You can't, it's really hard to pretend like everything's okay. And during this time for me, I found fear, sadness, anger, loneliness, and hurt. And that's okay, God said. He goes, that's good. You're in a fallen world. You're going to have these things. But what's your temptation through these things? The temptation with fear for me was to take, to fall for the power. I got this. I'm going to pull up my bootstraps and get through this my own way. Yeah, that led to anxiety, okay? But in going through the desert, I heard the Holy Spirit whispering the truths of God that I'm called to fear him. It's not my fear is bad. It's what I'm doing with it. I'm called to fear him. And fearing God's the beginning of wisdom. So as I receive this wisdom, I find my refuge is in you. You're the safe place I've been looking for. And that brought me peace. I had sadness in my life. Man, broken people. I love you guys. You guys are tough, man. Right? Because we're people. We're not perfect. And we bring stresses and drama and, and pain to one another. And I was wrestling with this stuff in the desert. And the Holy Spirit revealed, man, I really go to self-pity. Poor me, man. I don't deserve this. 
and reveal to me those temptations I fall for. Oh, yeah, so I deserve to do this, right? Self-entitlement. When the Holy Spirit says, you are accepted by God just the way you are. He loves you. You're an enemy of God. He loves you. And I was comforted by the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and fortified by him. And anger, anger in the desert revealed that, man, I depress that. I push that anger down deep inside. You know what depressing anger causes? Depression. And so I was like, man, that explains a lot. And the Holy Spirit reveals, man, your anger, give it to God. You can do that. You can, be, you can lament. He hears you. You are heard. And he'll turn that anger into righteous anger. Because there's a lot of injustices, right? But God takes that. And I'm like, oh, man, that brings me peace. That feels good. I am heard by you, God. And my loneliness, right, which just makes me apathetic, right? Where I just, I, I don't care. I don't care. It's easier. I'm not hurt that way. Spirit will take our loneliness and say, remember what God says? How much he loves you? How much you are known by him? He knows every hair on your head. And that felt good. Victory over temptation. That's a lie, man. God says, I am known. I'm not lonely. I have him. I have his people and hurt hurt as you take that temptation to take the power in your own hands, hurt turns to resentment and everything that comes out of that, the toxicity of resentment, where that hurt given to the Holy Spirit and God's truths revealed to me the courage that God had for me. Courage comes from the word heart, heart that he loves me. And man, when you know God loves you, oh, you will overflow with courage. These are the victories that come out of an intentional time in the desert of realizing, I don't need cigarettes. I need Jesus. I don't need alcohol. I need Jesus. I don't need a certain food. I need Jesus. I don't need sex. I need Jesus. I don't need money. I need Jesus. I don't need my own way. I need Jesus. Lent is this intentional practice in a controlled environment. It's like the run-through before a game. Okay? Let's go through this, right? Go through the playbook, scripture. All right, let's do this so that we're prepared and we're not blindsided by those temptations, knowing that temptation doesn't make appointments. So we have to be prepared for its arrival. And when we do, man, we get to prepare other people. 
because we know it's coming. If you came in here this morning with those burdens of fear, anxiety, sadness, anger, loneliness, and hurt, you're not alone. You're not alone. And if God spoke to you this morning, that man, there, there, there's truth on the other side of this. You are loved more than you could ever imagine. You are heard and understood. God says to us, I have been through this. I get it. If you want to follow Jesus this morning, just do me a favor. Write that on a connect card. We want to walk through this journey with you. And if you do that, um, we want to be part of this with you. And I want to pray for you right now. We're all going to pray and we'll close this out. Um, but let's give, let's give thanks to God. Holy Father, um, your word is the truest of truths. Oh, let us feel that this morning. Let us feel that today, Lord. Just how real your love and promises are to us. Just how real your provisions are, how you provide. You provide that we don't need anything else outside of you. In you, we have everything, and everything else comes. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your protection. I thank you for this local community we have, Lord, to sharpen one another, to build each other up in your name and your ways because we have you in us through the Holy Spirit, Lord. And we get to be this beacon of light to this community around us, Father. We thank you for your glory, your love, your peace, your forgiveness, and your truth. In Jesus' name.